Welcome to You Can't Kill Me, every Slipknot song one by one. We are Chris Nee and Dave Musson, and we're here today to talk about our favourite Slipknot song, Purity. Hello, Dave. Hi, Chris. Yes, really glad to be talking about our favourite song, Purity. Yes, uh, we'll go straight into it. The idea of this podcast is very simple. In every episode, we select one Slipknot song and put it under the microscope. We alternate the choices, and this choice is yours. Why Purity? I think I picked this one... uh, because I really like the riff and mainly because I, I, I wanted something from the self-titled album and this one has such a story around it such a controversy around it um I just felt it was an interesting talking point from the first album because there's obviously there's big hitters on that first album that people might have expected us to go for um but this one just felt like it sat slightly out of out of the the list of everything else as being yeah there's something interesting there and there's, there's definitely there's definitely a conversation there and then topped off by the fact that at the time of recording we've just been served no <laughs> well slight pun intended we've just been served an absolutely stonking cover of it from employed to serve which we will get onto later it was very front of mind so mm. but yeah it's just it's just a bit of a banging song really yeah it is um i, I it's really interesting to me this song um because i've heard all of the different versions of um of the self-titled album but the one I actually bought at the time the one i owned and the album track listing that i'm so familiar with mm-hmm. does not have this song on it yeah so it's one of those that's always had this mystique around it because it was oh it's that song it's that song you need to actually like search it out yeah because of the, the version of the, the slipknot album that i have well, I remember, so I I really got into the self-titled album probably early 2000. And the summer of 2000, I remember I was just consuming all things Slipknot. There was a Kerrang! Slipknot special that had postage stamps with every member of the band on as individual things and stickers and stuff. And I, I remember a family holiday where I just read that so much it fell apart. And you started learning about this song, Purity. And it took on this this mystique about it. And I'd got the Digipack version, which mm. didn't have purity on like you. It wasn't there. And so it kind of washed over me. Little did I know that that holiday, while I was reading this magazine and listening to my tape of Slipknot over and over again, didn't really click until much later, till I actually had an official, yes, this is the song Purity, and this is what mm. it sounds like. I'd been listening to Purity the whole time because <laughs> believe it or not the version of the slipknot self-titled album that Nuneaton library had um was the first pressing so i straight in when when it came to this thing about purity and frail limb nursery as well i heard it was like oh i know that and I, I, unknowing to me i'd had i'd had that, this different version of the this different track listing of the album on tape that i'd Again, that I, you know what it was like when when you were listening to albums again and again. You just they just become ingrained in your head. So I've known this song for for years and years. Mm. So it was it was it was it was almost an anticlimax when I when I when it pen, penny finally dropped what this one was because I remember it was really hyped around the time the band toured Iowa um, because they were playing it live and there's the famous way that Corey introduces it live mm. is this song is about a girl in a box. And I remember reading a review in The Guardian, like the day I was going to go and see the Birmingham show, The Guardian reviewed the London show, it probably would have been. And they were very upset about this song about a girl in a box. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of unwittingly knew all about this song all yeah. along. I hope they've never heard of Cannibal Corpse or something <laughs> like that. It's all fiction, fellas. Um, so the context of this is that it's on the um, the self-titled record, depending on which version you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's right in the middle. It's a top-class album, which, you know, it, everywhere, even then, fours, fives, eights, nines, everywhere it was reviewed. Um, it went platinum in the UK, Australia, and Canada, double platinum in the USA. It even made it into the UK album top 40, just, which is maybe surprising when you see where Iowa went. Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's a pretty impressive um, achievement straight out of the box. Pardon the pun. Um, there are some songs, I think probably if you th- count them up, you're probably looking at two intros, which will bolt on to, to track twos. Yeah. And one more song that will not get an episode on this podcast. That is Frail Limb Nursery. Yeah. That is all part of the same story as Purity. It is. Yeah, so it's, it's almost an intro to purity. Isn't yeah, it? so we're we're gonna um, swerve over it basically because I've never heard it. Um, so we'll talk about it here. The story as a whole, Dave. I'll let you give the overview of of where Frail Limb Nursery and Purity came from, why they were removed from the first pressing version of Slipknot, mm-hmm. um, and then we'll talk a bit about how it one of them came back and one of them didn't. Yeah, but I'm. You've heard Frail Limb Nursery. Yes, I want to know what the hell it is. It's samples from the website where the whole controversy began. Yeah, yeah. So where where to start with this? So I guess I guess a bit of background on on why this song ended up being pulled and then and then reappearing. So you know, when I was growing up, I, I was always of the impression that the song got pulled from the album because of the the lyrical content, i.e. Mm. a song about a girl being buried alive. Wasn't the case really. Um so this song was was knocking around in the form of Despise, which a demo version of which is on the Digipack and on the tenth anniversary release and we will we will inevitably cover at some point. And it was actually the last song on this album to be finished. And Corey, when he was putting the final touches to it, he came across this story on the website crimescene.com. Story of a girl called Purity Knight who had supposedly been buried alive. And that inspired him to, to sort of tweak the lyrics slightly and, and change the name of the song. Um, and they put this on there. And Frail Limb Nursery, as you say, was samples um, taken from that website and, and from that story. Um and where the, the trickiness came in was that the story was actually something that crimescene.com had made up. So in effect, it was their intellectual property. So it was it was copyrighted to them. Um, so they took issue with the fact that they'd that Slipknot had sort of supposedly written a song out of their story and obviously had taken samples from it. Um, so they threatened to sue the band. The Roadrunner decided to, to pull that version um, from a first pressing, I think when they when they did a second pressing, I think only one was inserted after, after um, tattered and me torn. Me inside, me inside. Yeah. That's right. Um, and and despise was put on as a demo on the digi pack. Purity as a song did make it onto the tenth anniversary re-release. Frail Limb Nursery didn't because Frail Limb Nursery is, is obviously still using that material that that was crimescene.com's. Um, Frail Limb Nursery is it's as it's as disturbing as you'd expect that to be as an intro to this song. 
disregarding the fact that the story didn't ultimately end up to be to be true if you want a slipknot song about a girl being buried alive and there's a an intro that has been created specifically for it that has been filtered through the minds of craig and sid you can start to you can start to appreciate how weird it sounds yeah um and actually it's a really great link between tattered and torn and purity because i think going from tattered and torn into purity it is a bit a bit of a jump but with frail limb nursery there's just these weird samples this this that that unnerving use of samples that comes through in the second half of the self-titled that's the frail limb nursery is the point where it really starts okay and it's sort of you, I, I remember always feeling uncomfortable in the second half of the album and almost enjoying when you get to like liberate for example which is a bit more of a straight up <laughs> slipknot song because it's like god i can relax a little bit now because i'm not i'm not feeling i'm not feeling wholly uncomfortable but yeah in short frail limb nursery is just it's just unsettling and it's not there because it's not it's ultimately not their property yeah. but i know that crimescene.com did get a load of extra hits off the back of slipknot taking inspiration from purity um and i think ultimately purity was was able to come back because they sort of came to an agreement that you know the band could show that this that despise was already there and it yeah. was more they've sort of they basically changed the name and and it was sort of influenced by but it's not directly taking their the crimescene.com property away from them but it's but yeah, it's not because it's about a girl being buried alive. It's because they yeah. uh, somewhat inadvertently rip someone off. Because that's fine. I think Corey's very good on this when you hear him speaking about it. Um, and he argues, and indeed argued at the time, I think that the song and the story have shared influences and actually that, that Despise originally came from somewhere else um, where, you know, obviously it's a shared route with the, the crime scene story, but ultimately not the same thing necessarily um he tells a great story um about speaking to the judge in the early stages of this case it's on youtube somewhere um and just speaking to this guy about oh you've written a song about a girl in the box right and i won't spoil it it's worth digging out you know, Corey as a public speaker is is, mm. is very good, but the idea of you know dreadlocked masked man talking to um, slightly bewildered judge about a song about a girl who was stalked and kidnapped and shoved buried alive in a box um, is is as you would expect very entertaining. Uh, it happens to be the first song recorded with Jim Root in the band. Which is a nice little sort of landmark as well, um, but in terms of its, its quality, it's a great song. Um, it's become a bit of a hidden gem because of all of the the kind of controversy that that went around it. I like Sid on it. Yeah, I like Joey on it a lot. Um, this is almost classic Joey song. The way he, the the defining characteristic for me of Joey's drumming is always like where one where a normal drummer might hit the snare once he'll get a bit of a rhythm and he'll, mm. he'll do two or three beats on there. And the the way his snare work drives this song is just, like I say, it's just classic Joey Jordison. It is. Um, and I, I think that that's what ele- elevates it from what in many, it's quite raw mm. in a lot of ways. It's not a very polished, it's not maybe being o- overly critical, but it's not a very polished and 
uh, accomplished Slipknot song by the standards that they're at now. Yeah. Um, but it has this um, sense of claustrophobia and danger to it, that just, just sonically, that just really helps the story. Um, Mick and Jim are great on it. Mm-hmm. It, to me, feels like such a Corey Taylor song. Such a, so much of his personality and delivery is what makes this song weird and spooky. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd agree with that. I, it's the riff that has always got me on this song. The riff is just, just excellent. And to think that this was a this was a, a 1999 song. There's a mm. lot of like the verse is very 1999 creepy. It's very without wanting to stray into the oh, slip not a new metal band. You can hear the new new metal influences in the verse. But the riff, you can take that riff and pretty much put it any point on the history of metal timeline and it works because it's so choppy, it's so stabby and it just it just makes you grit your teeth and go, yes, that's a riff, give me mm. more of that riff. It's Yeah, um, but I agree. I think I, I think Corey is, is great on this. So the only, I think the only thing that, that is... Um, yeah, I mean, I've got it's not particularly sophisticated, but it's very effective. I actually think the chorus is not is by far the, the weakest part of this song for me. Okay, I, I I just love that riff so much. I think it's it's almost an early. It's like an experiment of what Slipknot would be able to do with those big soaring choruses. Mm. I think that's what they're aiming for. But lyrically, I don't think it's particularly strong as a chorus as a vocal hook compared to other parts of the song. That's interesting. Lyrically, I think it's it's quite a weak song overall. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that it, you know it has this story behind it, it has this narrative, mm. and, and it does come across. But I think it comes across in the sound of the song more more than the lyrics. And I I think the lyrics on this song compared to the lyrics on Point uh, Five, the Great Chapter, and Beyond are just worlds away from one another. Yeah. I don't think it's a very. Um, it's not a brilliantly written song and actually the the delivery of the verses doesn't really do it for me either i agree with you on the chorus i think the riff is the 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 superior part of of what this song is all about but i would have the chorus above the verses of this song okay i i guess i guess thinking about it now there are sort of there are almost two two bits that could count as a chorus the bit i'm not so sold on is where he's trying to sing a bit more Mm. i think the 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 hands on my face. Yeah, that's cool that is a great line. But I almost see that as a pre-chorus. Yeah, but it's the yeah the you won't see. Um, that bit just doesn't quite nail it for me. But but yeah, I mean I, the um, for me there's this this song in terms of the context of a self-titled album. It's it is a raw thing, but it's it's a raw showcase of of the band as a whole because you you can pick out just about everybody yes everybody has a moment on this like we've talked about joey's drumming we talked about the guitars the bass is there just driving it there's a nice percussion element just before the breakdown riff Corey's all over you've got you've got the uh, the dj stuff going through there's there's clearly weird samples going mm. on so it's i really like that as a fact that like here's a song that does showcase naught to eight or one to nine whichever you whichever you want to take it this is like this is the nine piece band and this is what this is this is one of those songs where you can actually hear why Slipknot had so many members in in them and it wasn't just a 
wasn't just a big gang mentality that there's everybody's bringing something different to the to play at this song which yeah. i really do appreciate like an orchestra yeah almost yeah, yeah. um I, what i find really interesting about listening back to this song now given how um exceptionally accomplished slipknot are today is the actual dynamic flow of the song i find really jarring yeah Verse to pre-chorus to chorus and back to verse. I like how sometimes it just kind of it becomes noisy and then just melts away. But generally, I find it a little jumpy. Mm. Um, which I think probably when you listen to it in the context of the album works okay because it's that kind of frantic experience anyway. Um, but listening to it, <laughs> you know, but basically immediately after Solway Firth or something. Yeah. Because we're doing this. Yeah. It makes it sound a little bit raw. It's 1999 though, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, it's a very 1999 song. It's it's a very much a new metal, quiet, loud dynamic, and but done in a way to try and make you feel uncomfortable and, and driven by this controversial storyline as well. That, mm. that you, you know, if you listen to this song without without knowing the story... You, it'd probably end up far lower in our rankings than than it it might well do, but I think the story gives so much to it and the the mythos around it. I mean, I I remember when when the band played this on the Iowa tour, it felt really naughty getting yeah. to hear it because it was it was this oh it's the band song. I have a question for you. Okay. Like we're recording this in 2019, what do you think Slipknot would have to do? to write a song with so much with as much controversy around it now in terms of a subject matter because because you can see why this was why this caused people to get upset in 1999 but so much so much in the world has burnt in the 20 years since this song came out i I can't think of anything that even slipknot would do that that would cause such a reaction i don't think they could i i I even don't think that had they not hit upon this copyright issue i don't think anybody would have even noticed this song mm. outside of the fan base just loving the riff anyway I, I i'm not sure actually. people would have heard of it yeah um i think what what we are now as a kind of uh, a metal community is that we understand that some of the symbolism and imagery in extreme metal and in death metal and in black metal is uh, nursery rhymes yeah and I don't think we're easily sucked into genuine controversy over things that we know is basically works of fiction. So they'd have to go some. Yeah, I'd like to see them try. I would like to see them perhaps try. We'll, Who knows? Maybe we're we'll about, about to find out. Yes, yes, given that we're recording so close to the release of the new album. We'll see. I think what what um, what makes this song work is when it goes extreme, it does a very good job. The riff's great. Um, the shouted parts are great. I really like um, the ending mm-hmm. because it's Corey losing his shit. I really like I Can't Die because it's Corey losing his shit. Um, and that stuff works really well. And I think what where it's weakest unfortunately comes through in the Despised demo because I think the, the, the weird sort of poem rapping that I, I can't get on board with Impurity is accentuated mm-hmm. on on the original um, version of the song, which is kind of unfortunate. 
and a stupendous chorus which I really like mm-hmm. I think I like it a lot because I've heard a different version of it lately that we'll, we'll come on to yeah um, is not there and then live as you say there's, there is a a stock intro to this song live which cuts right to the quick and it works really well I really like the live versions of it grown up Corey singing those parts that I, I don't really love on the recorded versions I like much more live. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everything's bold alive, and just say this sense of of mystique around it that helps that as well. Um, so I, I I prefer if I were to to rank purity, I would definitely have some of the live versions, then the recorded proper version, and then despise. Them. Yeah, yeah. I would dis- despise is way 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 down on on what they ended up doing with purity. We should probably talk about this cover then. Yeah, we we've mentioned, mentioned it a couple of times. So yeah. it's part of a. Um, as we sat recording this, the latest version of Metal Hammer is very slip, not heavy, because it's it's the August 2019 issue, which of course is when we're not your kind is going to come out. And they did this cover mount CD that is majority slip, not covers, and to be fair, majority done by bands that are not particularly well known. Mm. But the opening track is Employed to Serve, who are brilliant, doing Purity, which is pretty brilliant. Yeah, if you're and the result is brilliant if you're listening to this through slipknot um fandom somehow and you don't know who employed to serve are i think it's worth recommending them because i think you're gonna like it oh yeah yeah they are british british band what what do we say about them lots of groove lots of technical metal lots of aggro they're just excellent and they're getting better and better with each album aren't they and there are a few bands out there that could do as good a cover of Purity as Employed to Serve. And they have it's a pretty faithful cover, yep. but they've put little nods in there. Like some of the guitar work, they put some little weird discords and stuff in to just make it, to just give it that Employed to Serve flavour. Um, and they have the dual vocal thing going on with, with Justine and Sammy. Um, but yeah, they've really owned it as a cover, haven't they? They have. They're, Justine and Sammy vocally are, are, are both great on this song. Um, and I think they've done a, a, a great job of kind of making the riff an employed to serve sounding riff. It's, it is a faithful cover, but I think that it they sound good because they always do. And they sound hard because they always do. And that makes them the perfect band to cover this song. And they've just got that little spooky edge as well to them, which yeah. works really well. They managed to make the riff sound even stabbier, which yeah. I didn't think would be possible. But Employed to Serve, again, they are the band to to do that. And and yeah, if people are listening to this, who perhaps go and check out the cover and haven't heard Employed to Serve, just go and listen to their back catalogue. It is excellent. You will have a lovely time. It is. Right, back to Slipknot then. We are going to rank every Slipknot song. We are. With an asterisk that we've spoken about already. Because we're gluttons for punishment. And yep. we are doing that by scoring them each out of nine. Yes. And we're going to create a league table as we go. Yes. So, Purity, Dave. Mark out nine. I will I will accept that a lot of this is based on nostalgia, but I'm giving this seven. Okay. Six and a half for me. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it's, I don't share the nostalgia because it was it was one of those songs, as I say, that was slightly out of reach for me when, when I was growing up with my version of the self-titled album. It's got a lot to like, I think respecting where it came from and what it's achieved is really important but i think 
probably just short of a third of Slipknot song I prefer, which is how we've ended up there. Mm-hmm. So we will uh, do a quick bit of maths, and I think that so puts that's, us... So that's 13, out of, 13 and a half out of 18, which means that Purity is currently bottom of the table, but also second uh, yeah. behind Kill Pop. Um, but given there were only two episodes in, someone had to be bottom at yeah. this point. You know, we've already pissed some people off, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> That's oh, a well, good start. Well, yeah, yeah, the fact that Kill Pop is top and has now been top for two episodes, we've probably lost yeah. a bunch of listeners just for that. But. And we've we've kind of slain a golden calf here as well, I think, a little bit by putting it below. But it's yeah. a crack, at least it's Slipknot we're talking about. Yeah. It's a great song. Yeah, th- there's going to be some tears shed over the course of this ranking, I'm sure. Yeah, by us as well. Right, moving on then. We will go to the next song. Uh, This was Purity by Slipknot. You Can't Kill Me is produced by This Decay and there is nothing you can do about it. Goodbye. (laughs) 